Welcome to the podcast series of Circostrada Network. Circostrada is the European network for contemporary circus and outdoor arts. Over the years, it has become an important anchoring point for its members and a key interlocutor in the dialogue with cultural policymakers across Europe. A few dozen professionals from the performing arts gather together in an industrial city in the southeast of Europe. What are they doing there? It is the second edition of SPARK, organized and curated by Circostrada. SPARK is a cross-sector laboratory inviting people who specialize in the contemporary circus and outdoor arts to exchange their views and find solutions on a common topic. This year, SPARK joins forces with one of Europe's most important cultural institutions, the European Capital of Culture 2023, which has embraced SPARK as part of its activities. I am Danai Maragudaki, and together with Yanis Orestis Papadimitriou, we will be taking you on a trip to the second edition of SPARK and the wonderful illuminating exchanges that took place there. It is possible that nearly any place can invite and host a circus performance. A street, an abandoned factory or a crowded park can just as easily become the space for such an activity. In fact, it is the activity itself which can turn any place into a space for the arts. But the word become is key, and this becoming falls upon institutions, local authorities, communities, as well as the artists themselves. Someone has to act on a location in order for it to become a place for the arts. More often than not, it is more than one people who must act, and they must act together. This process is known as placemaking. It can take different shapes and forms. It can face different obstacles, cater to different needs, and invent different ways to change the purpose of a space. This meeting we are following today, the second edition of Spark, is more about what is common in placemaking rather than what is different. More importantly, it is a discussion undertaken by the placemakers themselves, performing artists from all over Europe who perform this task every day. Spark was an opportunity for them to come together and exchange views, talk about their experiences, but more importantly, to seek pathways towards the future. It is a hot summer day in the morning of June 15. We are standing at the gates of an archaeological site. The participants of Spark have already met yesterday for dinner. There are laughs and enthusiasm about what will follow in the coming days. The laughs get louder when the cart gets declined in the ticket kiosk due to a problem with a POS machine. A local jokes that similar problems are typical in Greece, but the place where we have met is anything but typical.
This city is called the Lefsina. It has been chosen as the cultural capital of Europe in 2023. Elefsina is a place of myth, both ancient and modern. In Greek mythology, it is connected to the abduction of Persephone, the goddess of nature, and daughter of Dimitra, the goddess of harvest, by Hades, the king of the underworld. The myth of the abduction gave birth to the Eleusinian Mysteries, a unique celebration held in ancient Greece with a long ritual signifying death and rebirth, the coming of spring and Persephone's descent to the underworld and her ascent back every six months. Nowadays, we can maybe view it as the first place-making to happen in Eleusina. Beginning as a modest local set of festivities, the mysteries exploded into one of the greatest customs of Greek antiquity, spreading all the way to Athens and inviting masses of people to participate. Eleusina's modern myth strangely resembles this circle of descent and ascent to and from the underworld that was at the core of the mysteries. For the most part of the 20th century, Eleusina became one of Greece's major industrial cities, featuring factories that produced cement, steel, ceramics, paint, cosmetics, glass, and much more. Then, as the story goes for many other industrial regions in the country, it all fell apart. After the 70s, Elefsina began to deindustrialize, leading to mass unemployment and a series of industrial ruins. All that was left of them was the pollution they had caused. But even during this decline, placemaking still went on, both through cultural festivities that became customs, as well as the actions of local communities. Maria Gravari Barbas, who teaches social and cultural geography at the University Paris La Sorbonne, explains what makes Elefsina so fascinating. Um, what I find really interesting in Elefsina specifically is uh, the fact that um, cultural capitals of Europe will be, I think, different after Elefsina. Elefsina brought really profound changes in terms of understanding of what uh, a cultural capital is. The fact that Elefsina is this uh, extraordinary city, this layered city, this city which uh, has a wonderful archaeological site, but also very traumatic experiences with uh, industry and how industry today marks the cultural landscape, the urban landscape, and how all this comes together, how all this clashes in a way today. I think that this creates something quite exceptional. So, the participants of Spark met in a city that could not be more fitting for what they had to discuss. And the first thing you do before attempting to create a place for the arts is to accustom yourself to your surroundings. But how do you do that? By walking and talking. We are now standing on a hill inside the archaeological site of Elefsina. The sun is scorching hot. On the one hand of the impressive view, you can see the antiquities, marking a city inhabited for millennia. On the other, its recent past and present comes alive, with the oil rigs and factories spread around the landscape. Alexandros Mistriotis is guiding the group of participants through the site, untangling the relationship between the different eras of this mystical space. Alexandros is a cross-disciplinary artist, working in various mediums for more than 20 years. He has a special interest in how history and orality transforms public space. 
For Alexandros, the narratives we produce are what makes a place what it is. And what Alexandros sees in Alefsina, in the coexisting remnants of both antiquity and modernity, is an opportunity to reconsider how we understand and relate to a space. His story is meant to kickstart Spark by helping participants to reflect, both on this unique site they have visited, as well as the places they will try to transform into spaces of performance in the future. Later, when we are in the shade, we catch a moment to talk to Alexandros. What he tells us is that public space gives us a mission to investigate language itself. So, Lefsina is a place that is very heavily charged because it's a meeting point between life and death. And since death is a very heavy uh, subject uh, f- that we cannot really talk about, it's more about silence than anything else, let's try to see it as a meeting point between life and all these things that we cannot talk about. Let's make out of this place a metaphor uh, of a place that we can uh, go to the limits of language. And I think that when you arrive to these limits of language, then you start discussing in order to find a new way to describe that thing that you cannot say with the words that you already have. And at the same time, this limit of language is the place where art comes in. You write a poem because you cannot say how much you love someone just by saying, I love you. So you try to find words, you try to create metaphors, you try to find strategies to talk about this thing that you cannot talk about it even though you talk about it. So an interesting issue is what could be the equivalent of a metaphor in a poem in public space. We take in what Alexandros has told us in his calm voice before wandering off, away from the archaeological site and into Elefsino's present and recent past. And we are now able to notice how context changes our perception of the spaces. In the old Oli factory, the Leurgio, we bump into a band rehearsing for the show we will be enjoying on Saturday. They play wonderful Mediterranean sounds on Oud, Canon and Buzuki. Listen. Then, right next to the Leurgio, we enter the cement factory of Titan, where we start walking towards the seafront. It was hot. There were only big office buildings and industrial outlets, and we had to walk in line because even though the path was public, the surroundings belonged to the company. Eleftherios Kihayoglu, director of Le Plus Petit Cirque du Monde, who will be leading a similar walk on the second day, explained that this change of scenery is not without purpose. Oh, we entered to this landscape. Our idea was to reopen, to open an itinerary, to open a path. And that um, goes from uh, the archaeological site, uh, like a sacred path, uh, to Corinthos, and then to see how we can cross as soon as now we have private space. A lot of space belongs to Titan, and we need to find a new negotiation. Leaving Titan, we reach the ship graveyard, where we saw more than 10 rusted shipwrecks in and outside the sea. A bit further, 
where it's a small bay called Vlicha, where Lefteris highlighted one more contradiction. Some decades ago, lots of citizens of Athens used to visit Elefsina in order to reach the sea. Nowadays, the cute gulf is next to the ship graveyard and it's filled with wastewater from the factory. In the end of the tour, Chrissy told us that during the previous day there was a massive migrant boat tragedy where more than 600 people lost their lives off the coast of Pylos in southern Greece. It's wildly symbolic that we're watching waterways that on the surface look in some way, but we know it's a place where a lot of death is happening. <laughs> Has happened, fish, millions of fish, boats are dying here, like they, this is their final resting place, but it's also still very much a live graveyard. The walk of the second day began from the same gates that Alexandra's tour had begun. But this time, both its route and its focus was different. It wants to show how the inhabitants of Elefsina, the workers and refugees, built their lives and created a kind of heritage with very low means. How did they manage to take an industrial city and re-enchant a landscape, finding ways to be proud to be living in this area? Eleftherios is joined by Dimitra Kanelopoulou, an architect specializing in urban planning in Greece. The sites we visit are eerie. They are not ancient, but they carry the same sense of abandonment as the archaeological site. The old cinema has been closed for more than 30 years, but its iconic architectural form is still there. Now, through its renovation, it can be brought back from obscurity. The plan of the municipality of Elefsina is for it to host indoor or outdoor activities and let it function as a versatile art space, an artistic hub, so to speak, hosting exhibitions, performances, workshops, etc. After that, we visit an old building that used to be the reception of a camping site called Oasis. You could imagine the glory old days of the 80s by looking at the pool nearby that now is closed. Moving forward, we find ourselves walking through a forest that used to be the oasis camping site. Gael takes out a ball of red yarn. He starts unraveling the yarn, going around trees and people, until every connection between us has been highlighted by this complex, overlapping red web. The, the rope touch the ground. And how can we use it with uh, the trees? for uh, organize something together. But the only rules is that, is not to, to touch the ground and... Heading back to the city, we walk through small refugee houses and dead-end alleys. The Migrasiatica were built during the 20s from refugees coming from Asia Minor and the Podiaca from refugees of Pontos during the 60s. Both changed the life of Elefsina and left their mark by building their houses, schools and churches. Dimitra explained how poverty and collective effort shaped their everyday life. We walked through the alleys under the sun, trying to stop where there was shade, while greeting some residents, grandchildren of the people we are talking about. One of them had the radio on, 
listening to the legendary Stelios Kazajidis, known for his folk songs about immigration, unfulfilled love and hard work. We now have seen the other face of Elefsina, its modern history of communities of people coming together and how artists might be inspired to take lessons from placemaking in this city. Theatre director Neda Rusian Bridge, who is heading the candidacy of Nova Gorica, a city in Slovenia that will be a European capital of culture in 2025, has a special interest in this. I was really uh, uh, happy to, to be here to see the Levsina I never saw before, uh, the hidden uh, uh, also spaces, let's say, and the work it has been done on those spaces. And I'm uh, really happy to, to um, join this group Uh, since um, it helps always a lot uh, also to uh, think about your own city, what you can add, what you can do. The program has been built on site visitation in the mornings, that is, the long walks we took. We spent the afternoon reflecting on those walks and also addressing specific topics around placemaking in the performing arts. Some of the questions posed were what is placemaking? How a place can become repurposed? What are the pitfalls? Who are the stakeholders? What does it take for it to be long-term? During the workshops, there were so many layers to be explored. The workshops were led by Chrissy Faniadis. Chrissy introduced herself in her own words. My name is Chrissy Faniades. I am based in Stockholm. I run my own uh, consultancy, my capacity building firm called Unia. Uh, it has dedicated. Chrissy takes people through a formal introduction process so that everyone knows everyone. When they are done, and now that they all know each other, it is time for them to start discussing what they have taken away from walking around the city, as well as to share their experiences and ideas on what successful placemaking is all about. Chrissy herself, as well as many of the participants, are fascinated by the places they have visited in Alevsina. Chrissy shares her connection with the place. You know, I have, because I've, the first time I came to this temple, I cried. Okay. Yeah, because I feel because also because I I I'm a huge fan of of, uh, of mythology because of the emotional connection. Not so much because I think it's Bible, but because it's anthropomorphic, and you have uh, you have. Later, in a sit-down conversation that we'll have with her, Chrissy explains how her Greek heritage makes her presence in Elefsina feel special. I think I grow more and more affectionate towards this place every time I come here. Um, because, I mean, first of all, there's always this sort of romanticized image of, uh, of Greece and Greece that has gone through so many hardships. I am originally Greek, my parents are Greek. Um, they left during a previous hardship, during the dictatorship. Um, and we have kept a very strong connection with Greece and with what is happening in Greece and what has been happening. And something that always pains me, but I also find uh, the source of inspiration is what Greece does with and for its citizens, and especially its young citizens. Because I believe that this country has an extraordinary amount of talented people that uh, deserve better than they're getting. The ideas that flow around while Chris is moderating are many, 
and the conversation is lively. The participants in the workshop talk about heritage, layers, public space and context, bringing together and comparing experiences from different places of Europe. From Split in Croatia to Nova Gorica and Slovenia, and from Alefsina to Marseille and Paris, all participants try to find their own treasure in order to take it back with them and use it in another context. The layered environment of Alefsina, the contradictions, the ancient garbage and the modern ones belong to us both. But who decides what will become heritage? Some say that everything should be destroyed, some think that everything is heritage, and others believe that there is some social selection that in the end decides what is what. The two workshops of June 15 and 16, taking everything from the walks around the city, but most of the work seems to be happening in the time participants spend together, at lunch, in the workshops and at nights, during and after the performances that Spark's program includes to show placemaking in action. While the program is flowing throughout the day, participants enjoy talking about their work and how they can make more and better places to engage with people. It feels like they are having fun, and they do, but as we'll discover later, what they are doing is also work, and quite productive to be honest. But before every solution appears, there has to be a problem. You might have the best idea, a real eureka moment. You might have thought of it through and through, talked to other people about it, even successfully implemented it to an extent. But as every performer knows, there are always obstacles. They might be insignificant or grander. There might be prohibitions or a simple lack of engagement. But sooner or later, any time that someone wants to create a space to perform, they will unavoidably run into them. It's Saturday morning, June 17 and the participants meet once again in the Titan factory. This is their final workshop. Now, they have to take everything they have learned and make something out of it. Participants have to split in groups and within 40 minutes they have to identify obstacles to placemaking as well as propose solutions and innovative ways out of them. At some point, Eleftherios throws in an unexpected quote that will inspire people on how to think about this quandary. is the road. Because when you see the obstacle there, you know you find a new way. Four groups are formed, and they get right down to it. We walk among the tables, listening in on them. But they happen to be in a space where this is extremely sensitive politically and the reception is completely different. But I think also the one very big obstacle is the community because you need to get to, commu the, to the most of the community to be able to do the placemaking. Time is up. If we were to do a spark in a year or two years, the same group in a different location, different people, uh, different context, different uh, environment, what would you be bringing with you from here that you think would be useful for there? The conclusions that the groups reach manage to find many obstacles. Authorities might make your life difficult. Institutions and local government may refuse to cooperate. 
citizens might not be so friendly to the performance. But the biggest, lingering question is one. When the final fireworks are over and the title moves on, what is left? How do you keep up momentum? How do you keep developing in the direction that it's when the spotlight is somewhere This, else? along with many other questions, as well as the constructive ideas that came out of the conversation, would change venue and open up to other people later in the day, in the conference, after lunch, of course. It is now late afternoon. In the conference, we see unknown faces that weren't present in the previous days. Stefan Segreto Aguilar, the coordinator of Circo Strada, is explaining to the audience what happened in the past days. There is a lot that we can do, not only for, um, to continue the adventure in Elefsina, but also to use the example of Elefsina to inspire other contexts. That was our main idea. Is to, this is the perfect example for us to because of the work that has been done already in the past and the work that I hope will be done in the future, to just see what's going on in such a small environment, so many contrasts, so much energy, and to see whatever we can take from this and use it positively in other contexts, whether they are capital of culture or not. Many interesting remarks are added in the conference. But what is most attached to Elefsina's landscape comes from the mouth of Grigoris, a young skater who talks about how the last years they managed to cooperate with the cultural capital of Elefsina and local authorities to build a skate park. And what I really want to ask from you is like everyone that is interested in what we are doing and what we are trying to create to come and help us and be with us even after uh, the capital of culture has gone away because uh, we are like we're 10, 20 years old we, do, we have absolutely no idea how to do this I want to make this point we have absolutely no idea what to do that's okay it's that's okay. the way to start okay. yes mm-hmm. this is starting now yes The conversation goes on between authorities, cultural institutions, experts, artists and locals. In the end, everyone seems to leave the place full of new ideas and, more importantly, full of the will to implement them. I'm particularly happy and satisfied with this. This is Stefan from Circo Strada. We were able to bring together a very diverse group, artists, producers, architects, At the same time, they were coming from Finland to Tunisia, many others from Europe. There was a lot of richness in the discussion. I'm living with uh, food for thought, of course, uh, ideas for the future, and um, I'm looking forward for the next steps. I think for me this is uh, an experiment that went well and that we are going to keep on. Chrissy also agrees with Stefan. The past few days have shown what happens when you engage with the place where you're born, your topos. And performing arts is the vessel for that, because performing arts, it produces and it entices emotions and wordless exchange and wordless connections. You don't necessarily need language to be able to communicate with each other. And it's been a very emotional few days 
uh, getting to know Elefsina, getting to know what Elefsina can do. And last but not least, Eleftherios. The most important point of all these uh, two days was also to go and experience the placemaking that started here in Elefsina, this cooperation in between the, the uh, team of Time Circus, uh, our project, which is called uh, Climbing Elefsina and also revisiting the landscapes of Elefsina, the young people of Elefsina, Caltera, um, but also the stakeholders like the European capital. The participants of SPARK did not only bring their ideas to Elefsina, they also learned from the rich placemaking practices that the residents of Elefsina have invented through different hardships over many years. When the night comes, The open-air theatre at the old Olifactory is now filled with an impressive musical, acrobatic and poetic journey titled Climbing Over Elefsis. We cannot bring to you the beauty of the acrobatics and the poetic visuals, but we can listen to the wonderful Mediterranean music that the band was rehearsing a few days ago, while we leave you with an assessment of Spark by artist Lorraine Boisjot. To be honest, when I came here I was expecting nothing, but I have to say that this one was a little bit surprising because like uh, people had a lot of ideas to exchange, a lot of views and also I think the configuration of the of the event was really nice because we had a lot of information about the city. While we were visiting it was nothing hided, so the bad and the good we see, we can exchange on it. And I was I was uh, not aware of the the fact that uh, right now European capital of culture can also show the things that was not shown before. This was the second Spark podcast by Circo Strada, produced by the Naimaragudaki and Yanis Ores Papadimitriou. Sound and original music by Stefanos Kostadinidis. Goodbye.